0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
0: monster house presents
2: monster talk is an independent podcast production of monster house llc you can show your support by subscribing to our ad-free extended episodes at patreon.com forward slash monster talk we want to grow our monster talk audience and the easiest way to accomplish that is for listeners to leave us five-star reviews on itunes positive reviews have a huge impact and only take a moment Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And
0: I'm Karen Stolzner.
2: For several years, we've been expanding our Monster Talk footprint to include more video content, including examinations of movies allegedly based on real paranormal events, a series we call Debased on a True Story. Well, another series we host is produced by Matt Baxter, and it's called Ask a Paranormal Investigator. Matt spent many years looking at ghost stories, trying to find evidence of the supernatural or paranormal, and over that time, he found time and again, there was a reasonable explanation for events that the average person might call ghostly. Scientific approaches to this type of material aren't always welcomed by the people experiencing them. Sometimes, for a variety of reasons, venues and individuals might, on some level, actually want there to be real supernatural activity at play. Well, today we're going to hear from Matt about his work investigating the Bullock Hotel in Deadwood, South Dakota.
0: Monster
2: Talk. Uh Can you hear that? Do you hear that, Karen? Is, it, is that the sound of wagons and spurs and cowboy boots walking on old Gee, wooden porches? Yeah. <laughs> I think I hear something. What? <laughs> Wait, I hear the saloon doors. Who's that walking through the door now? What?
0: This is so atmospheric. It, it feels like we're in Deadwood. Yes. Well,
2: no one said c- "sucker" yet, so I don't really feel like we're in Deadwood yet. <laughs> 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 yeah, That's for the, the patrons, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that. I'll, I'll beep that for the regular feed. So. <laughs>
0: Someone had to say that. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, who is this <laughs> cowboy who's walked in on us here?
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Matt Baxter.
1: I'm, uh, yeah, Matthew the Kid, and uh, <laughs> here to introduce myself. Um, I'm Matthew Baxter. I uh, am a paranormal investigator. Yeah, I, I'm here because uh, I did an extensive investigation of, uh, well, mainly the Bullock Hotel in Deadwood, South Dakota.
0: But you're no stranger to the show.
2: Listeners will know Matt from his YouTube series, a Paranormal Investigator. Uh, Kieran, you've known Matt for several weeks now. Uh, what's your relationship? Uh,
0: husband, husband and wife uh, paranormal investigator team. I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, we've we've known each other for what uh, pretty much around the same time that that you and I met, like at two thousand and nine, around then. Matt has told me little bits of this investigation over the years, and uh, we haven't done a show on Deadwood, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about. And I did already mention that this is Deadwood, South Dakota, because I was surprised to find that there are multiple Deadwoods in North America. There's one in California, one in Texas, and even one in Canada. I wasn't aware of that. I've always thought that Deadwood sounds ominous too, but I found out that the town was named by early settlers after the dead trees found in its gulch. So not as scary as you would think.
1: Yeah. That area was very um, revered by the Native Americans uh, because of its uh, spiritual sort of energy. And, mm. uh, you know, many um, psychics since then have claimed that uh, Deadwood does rest on uh, the convergence of ley lines which you know
0: oh that explains everything but i think this is just such an interesting place and it has such an interesting history and uh, we're talking about the old west the wild west can you tell us a a little bit about what what is the wild west i think most americans know what it is but for people from other countries what, what is the wild west old west is it the same thing
1: You know, it's pretty interchangeable. Uh, It depends on how you're talking about it, to be honest. If you're talking about the lawlessness of the time, then it's the Wild West. If you're talking Mm. about, you know, the fact that it's from long ago or, you know, a while ago, then it's the Old West. Um, Just kind of depends
0: on
1: how you want to present it.
0: So what was life like during these times?
1: You know, the thing is, is Deadwood had no law. You know, it was a lawless place. And that was very attractive to a lot of people. But it wasn't the best place to go. I mean, the winters were very harsh. And, uh, you know, in the summertime, you know, you're basically looking at a big mud puddle. Mm. And it it was, yeah, it was just a, a mess, you know, really. And you know, we, we had all kinds of, uh, you know, tuberculosis and, and, you know, scarlet fever and, and, uh,
0: smallpox. Yeah. I think that area was ravaged by various, uh, diseases and plagues around that time.
1: Smallpox was, uh, was one that really hit, uh, Deadwood, uh, pretty, pretty hard. So it was, uh, not a very fun time. And, and of course, when you've got a place that's, you know, kind of lawless, you, you kind of don't want to be a person who's not an outlaw. Mm. You know, uh, the place was pretty much run by the outlaws. And, and if, you know you don't want to really be there if you're not an outlaw, because you, you stand to be one of the ones that, uh, uh, suffers. Well,
2: well, well why is there a community of deadwood? What's there like cause there to be a town? Like, why does this exist?
1: Well, there's an old phrase. There's gold in them, there hills. Oh, I think I've heard that before. Yes. In
0: their Black Hills.
1: Yes, in the Black Hills there. Uh, there was a lot of gold, and there probably still is, and it created such gold fever that, of course, all the outlaws wanted to go there, but so did people who were just kind of tired of their you know, current lives, uh, wanted a fresh start. Uh, they all thought that they could go there and make their fortune. So you had people that were, you know, good citizens that wanted to to come there and and give services to the miners and things like that, such as, uh, well, uh, Seth Bullock. Uh, you know, he went there and and uh, started a, a hardware store, among other things, with his partner uh, Saul Star. And it it really made. For a a lot of great commerce in that sense, you know, you're supplying things that people need as people are congregating.
0: I believe that in its heyday, Deadwood had about 25,000 people and now has maybe lucky to have 2,000 people.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was jam-packed full of all kinds of sorts. It looks like it's down in a valley. So so it's in the Black Hills, but it's a really pretty valley Mm -hmm. when it's not covered in snow. But yeah, I mean, there it was, you know, they were trying to basically make, uh, you know, dirt roads and a kind of a main street and, and start making it into a town. And it was just a mess of of mud, you know, at first, um, they slowly were able to start appointing people, uh, you know, different sort of uh, government style jobs, uh, you know, maintaining things and, and uh, that that helped it come along. And, um they were one of the first actually to put in uh like uh, telephone lines and and things right. like that it was kind of progressive in that sense but like i said you had people going there to kind of fill that gap of of need when it comes to uh amenities and and things like that but you also had uh both lawless type people that were coming there to either try to get gold or steal gold yeah. or con people out of Mm -hmm. things i mean so it was really a a crazy place and you didn't know who you could trust um
0: Mm -hmm. well so you've talked about some of the kinds of people who went there it wasn't really a family friendly place necessarily fortune hunters and outlaws can you tell us you've already mentioned a few people but can you tell us about some of the interesting characters who lived in deadwood during this time and this makes me think of the tv show
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. They really capitalized on it. Um, there were a lot. I mean, w- one of the most notable is Wild Bill Hickok, um, and uh, right by his side it was Calamity Jane. So you've got you know already these kind of names that you know. Uh, his girlfriend. Seth, no. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were great friends, and I think that I think that she did. Love him with a huge amount of respect. She, if anything, wanted to be like him. Um, but, uh, she was, you know, notorious in her own sense, in her own right. So she didn't even need that sort of, uh, uh mentor, you know, relationship in any way because, you know, she was a, a huge figure herself. Um, Definitely. Now, so there was those two. There was uh, a guy named Denver Charlie Utter. There was a uh, Seth Bullock, uh, as was mentioned, and his partner, uh, Soul Starr. Um, uh, you had the Earp brothers, Wyatt Earp and his brothers, come to town for a while. Uh, it was just, you know, almost a who's who of Old West yes. famous names, mm-hmm. uh, legends, uh, all spent some time at one point or another in Deadwood.
0: So, Deadwood, is it purported to be haunted because of these people who once lived there?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like Teddy Roosevelt was another uh, name somebody might have heard of before that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing, is this was a a place that, you know, was very rough living. It had some very big names coming through. And, you know, while Bill Hickok was shot in the back in... Uh, um, uh, saloon number 10 and it's, hmm. uh, yeah. And, and of course that goes along, That's kind of the, the origin, I guess you could say of the, uh, old gunfighter syndrome, uh, oh, okay. that, that, uh, we, we, I think we've all heard about at this point that, uh, some young guy's going to come in and shoot you in the back, uh, at some point, take your place. Yep. And take your place. Uh, yeah that that's I think kind of where that originated, even though Jack McCall, the one who shot him, was not interested in taking his place. He mm-hmm. just didn't like how he was treated by Wild Bill, but he kind of deserved it uh mm-hmm. at the same time But that's the thing is is Wild Bill always sat with his back to the wall so he could see who was coming through the door and be prepared right. for them and this and he had a horrible gambling uh addiction, and he when he went in there this this particular night. Uh, there was only one chair open at the table, and it was with mm. his back to the door. Uh, set up. Yep. So uh, that w- that was it for him. But uh, he was, you know, it was, it was getting kind of bad. He was losing his eyesight and everything at that point. And so it was a little little rough on him there. Mm. But uh, that, uh, you know, contrary to what you see in the TV show, and the, I love the TV show, it really added my, my uh, enjoyment of the TV show Deadwood really added to my excitement uh, of going there. Uh, But a lot of things were wrong in the show, of course. And one of those is that Seth Bullock and and Wild Bill got to be friends and things like that that never happened. Um, Poetic
0: license.
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, because I I believe he was shot in the back um, like the day before uh, Seth got there.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Um, Yeah, it was... uh, uh, it was a very short time just before Seth made it to Deadwood that mm-hmm. Wild Bill had already been killed, you know, shot in the back. So,
0: Well, I believe that Calamity Jane died there, too. So you've got a couple of famous, lots of famous people who lived there and famous people who died there, too, who are still around, I guess.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's uh, um, very interesting. But never I mean, there never is quite a, left. The, yeah, but never quite left. Now, there still is a saloon number 10 there. I don't believe it's the same location as the original saloon, ah. but there are ghost stories everywhere and, uh, it makes the town a lot of fun. I mean, of course it's a very big tourist trap. So of course there has to be different versions of attraction to the town. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your, your gambling and you've got the, uh, you know, the sort of, uh, you could say renaissance fair aspect of it with uh, a lot of people in wild west costumes. And then you've got the we're haunted aspect. Well, um,
2: like who'd want to stick around in the podunk town like this after you got killed? Well, the dead would.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense.
0: Uh, that's why Blake has been so quiet leading up to this. He's been plotting.
1: Yeah. He has been waiting on that one. Family uh, plotting. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Matt,
0: you did this investigation, and um, I I want to tell us about it and uh, why you went there, um, because you had a focus on a lot of cases in Colorado. So this was out of town, out of your neck of the woods. What took you there?
1: Well, and and this was strange, uh, because the owners of of the Bullock Hotel reached out and said, would you come up and do an investigation? And, uh, you know, we'll take care of you. So, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come up. So it was a very, very long drive. It was uh, January 18th of 2008. And guess what? Huge blizzard. Yeah.
2: I was about to say January
1: in so, South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. driving through Wyoming, stopped in a small town in Guernsey, uh, Guernsey, Wyoming, trying to find a gas station that was open because it was almost a whiteout. And, you know, I knew I didn't have enough fuel to get there. Couldn't find one open anywhere. So got back out on the road. And as I pulled out of town, they closed kind of the gate on the road saying this, this highway is now closed. So they closed it behind me as I drove off. Yes. (laughs) So I was like, Oh, there's nothing isolating about that. Um, So it was a treacherous drive getting over the hill and staring at the gas gauge as it gets lower and lower and lower and uh finally reached the top of the hill before going down into Deadwood, because it is in a valley, um, and ran out of gas.
2: Oh no. Luckily Good timing.
1: Yeah. Luckily, the streets were extremely slick and I alluged into <laughs> Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah, it was about a, a half a mile of luging, uh down into Deadwood, and it was terrifying, and mm-hmm. made it right up to the Bullock Hotel.
0: Um, it was like a something out of a movie.
1: It was. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely crazy, but it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and we uh, we'll walk in the door, and they have this huge banner welcoming me uh, <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this is really bizarre. Um, so you know, immediately got, uh, you know, hotel room and everything, and, and just went to bed. It was just uh, needed to get some rest to be prepared for the next day. Now there was, there's a, there's a bunch of stories about what is haunted there, and you know, you you always kind of wonder how much people have been prepped, you know, for ooh, we're staying in a haunted hotel. Well, the banner welcoming us was one big tip off for a lot of people, I think. But uh, um, on top of that, when you walk up to the 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 front desk to check in, there's a great big photo album sitting on the desk that is of pictures of ghosts that uh, patrons have taken um, over the years. Oh. And so as you're checking in, you can leaf through and see all the ghosts and everything. And, you know, so it, it's it's an orb fest. Uh, right. To say the very least, and and you know other forms of bad photography, uh, but it uh, it is interesting. You know you can see people are being primed to look <laughs> for ghosts sure. immediately. Yeah. Now the thing that I, I think a lot of people don't understand is even if you are skeptical, and you're coming in as as you know basically a non-believer with all the priming, you still have it in the back of your head. Wouldn't it be awesome? if I actually caught evidence, you know, wouldn't that be awesome? And you don't admit that to anyone. In fact, edit that out, um, from the show. I don't <laughs> want anyone to know I said that, but no, yeah, everybody wants it to be true. So you are a little primed going into it. And, uh, that made, that in itself made for a fantastic trip. Cause it, it was about a week long that, uh, we're there and, and they they took great care of us, they gave us uh, um, just basically meal vouchers for wherever we wanted to go eat and wow, uh, you know we had our room and uh, you know of course we didn't well, need a car in that size of a town.
0: this makes but, me wonder uh, for you to be given the red carpet treatments it's you've told me before you've gone to places and turned up and they've opened the door and looked at you with disappointment and said, "Where are the cameras so yeah. Is this a case of they were hoping that you were gonna turn up and find stuff and promote the place and uh you know bring a camera crew
1: yes, uh it's one of those things where this was the height of ghost uh reality shows uh this was a in the middle of the frenzy oh, and you know we would we we've showed up at houses and they would have this huge spread. Of, of like a, a buffet in the, in the living room set up for us. Where, where's your uh, plumber's truck? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the, and, and one lady was like, where, where are the cameras? And it was like, oh, I think you have the wrong impression. Um, but at Deadwood, no. Deadwood, they had full respect. They knew just how important I am. And so they treated fact, me with the respect uh, I deserve. Ah. Yeah. Or yeah. it may have been that they were hoping for more publicity. Um, and I did my best to give it to them. I mean, we did a, a live show of my uh, live pod- podcast and we did a live stream of uh, some of the investigation. And and you uh,
0: actually caught some phenomena, didn't you? During yes. that show. Tell us yes. about that.
1: Uh, uh, it was It was crazy. Well, the basement uh, was now known as Seth's cellar. It it became an ad hoc sort of smallpox ward and the children that came down with smallpox, uh, that's where they were, they were kept, you know, and, and, and treated. And a lot of the, uh, the the prostitutes and, and everything in the town actually became caregivers during that time. It seems like nuns and prostitutes are the best caregivers ever. And, uh, it 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 worked out really well for that down there, and they they took good care of them. But that seems like a choice between all or none. <laughs> <laughs> they, there's said to be a little girl named Sarah down there, and and her uh is sometimes her mother is down there as well. And does this, this uh, little little ghost girl will sometimes lure children away from their parents to come play with her downstairs in the basement. Now that sounds like the perfect lead into a a horror movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then, strangely, it seems like the ghost of Seth Bullock himself will lead the child back to their parents. Um, and and they've they've uh, there's been reports of them seeing you know a child holding their hand in the air like they're holding someone's hand coming back to them and they're like, they're like what were you doing? And it's like oh well that tall man told me I needed to come back to you guys. Uh, and, and there was no one there. So the uh, really fun stories, just great, great fun stories. So, uh, there's a story about a, a coffee machine cause it, the, the Seth cellar is basically a kind of a meeting place. It's also, uh, you, they start their ghost tours there. So there's lots of mm. chairs for people to sit and listen to a little talk before they go on their ghost tour. But there's also a to get
0: primed
1: get primed and to prime even further, there's a fully stocked bar and uh,
0: spirits some spirits.
1: Yes. And there's also a, a big coffee machine. But during most of the year when the weather's bad, all all that's kind of like shut off to the public. So one of the claims is that occasionally the uh the the coffee maker would just turn on in the middle of the night and start brewing coffee.
2: Hmm. Creepy.
1: And so the sleepy ghosts uh need a little because you know they're supposed to be awake at night and sleep during the day, but uh these, these ghosts need a little helper Nocturnal. to get through, apparently. Yeah.
0: But I want you to tell us about uh, what happened during the recording of the radio show.
1: Um, so the, the bar is said to have different types of activity down there in the basement. And also, uh, since children were down there, it said that if, you know, any children's toys or anything down there would get moved. So we brought along with us um, uh, not children's toys. Uh, you might say, Hey, those are Nerf balls, but no, they were ballistic balls. Very professional, uh, tool in ghost hunting. Um, and I put two of them probably about nine inches apart on the bar. And in the next room where the chairs were, I put one, uh, on one of the chairs. Now, when you say ballistic balls, are you, are they actually made of metal? A ballistic
2: ball is is a foam ball. Okay. So when you said Nerf, is that kind of material, that soft no, squishy. Kind
1: of a little more firm, but we're starting to make it sound like these are fun, and they're not. This is professional.
2: Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're very serious Nerf balls in a bar to find ghosts. Got it. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> but you were filming now this looking it. for activity,
1: Yeah. So, uh, the, the one sitting on the chair was really hard to get it to stay because the chair, um, you know, the, the seat on the chair w- was just at a slight slope going backward, you know, going back toward the, uh, um, the back of the chair. So it was hard to get the ball to stay there without it rolling back. But, uh, you know, finally got it to, to sit there precariously and, and it stayed there. So during the, the, uh, the The broadcast the the two balls that were on the bar, the one that was kind of on the right, very quickly rolled over toward the one on the left and about an inch away from it stopped dead and so everyone in the casino, because it was a working casino, um, saw that happen, and also everyone watching the live stream so we ran it back and we replayed it and replayed it. we had this big group of people around us watching it as we're replaying this footage. And, uh, you know, it's going out on the live stream. And suddenly, it vanishes. The, the file vanished. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how that happened. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, a data recovery software here. So uh, give me some time and I'll, I'll be able to recover. May, maybe somehow it got clicked into the trash or something. Uh, so I ran all this data recovery software, and you know, and it was finding stuff that you know I'd thrown away and deleted, you know a year previous, and it, that file was not there. It completely vanished. And have no idea why. Is it paranormal? Absolutely 100 percent, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, I would tend to say probably not, but it was a fantastic thing to catch, especially when you're mm-hmm. primed and in this haunted place. And it's it's all very exciting. So about 10 seconds, though, after that ball rolled over in the other room where the other ball was, it rolled uphill off the front of the chair. And that footage I still have. Um. That's that one didn't didn't vanish for some reason, but it was nowhere near as exciting as the other one. So I don't know what happened there, but it was really cool. It was very cool to have that happen. Uh, Now, other things that happened there. um, I'll I'll talk about these fun things before I talk about things that uh, I was able to debunk uh, while we were there. In in the room that I was in, that I stayed in uh, the first night of investigating, it was about two in the morning. And I had to go to the bathroom. So I I ran upstairs and uh, while I was in the bathroom, in in my room, it was kind of strange because it had like brownish sort of shag pile carpeting, you know, I mean, that was like an inch long. I mean, it felt great on bare feet, you know, to to, to walk on this. Um, But as I'm in the bathroom, I'm hearing the very distinct sound of cowboy boots walking on a hardwood floor right outside the bathroom door so i'm like all right who's messing with me you know and i, I threw the door open and no one was there and oh. i ran to the the door the front door of the room and i looked out and there's no one in the hallway you know and i'm looking at the floor going wait a minute this is carpeting this doesn't make sense so i set up a microphone in the room uh, to to try to record everything and I left the room. As I walk away, I'm about five feet away from the room. I hear a click behind me and I turn around and look and the door to my room opens, you know, probably about a foot. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I pulled it closed again. I made sure it was, you know, locked and and wasn't gonna pop open and I, you know, jostled it around and uh, okay, it was fine. I walked away, nothing happened. At no point during the investigation that all of the days that I was there, did I ever walk up to my room and see the door open and it was always closed and there was never a problem. But the next night I'm, I'm there and, uh, we're, we're downstairs investigating and I realized that there was a couple of things up in the room that I needed, uh, for the investigation. So, uh, you know, like corn chips and salsa. Uh, so, um, (laughs) I ran up there to get these things and I stopped into the bathroom and while I was in there, I'm hearing this, these footsteps walk across the floor again. Now, of course, I'm thinking, could it be, you know, water pipes, you know, kind of rattling or something, but it was such a distinctive sound and the cadence was just human enough that it, it, it just, it, it did not sound like pipes rattling or anything. So I threw the door open, nothing there, looked down the hallway, nothing there, uh, ran the recording back since I put a mic in there and it was on the recording. And if I can dig that up, Blake, I will send it over to you so you can include it in if you want. Hey, that'd be cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, cool. I have the recording of those footsteps.
0: everyone listening to this is going to or probably going to be thinking it's just another member of your team, or it's these people that you're talking about who were in the casino. It's just a, another person
1: somewhere. Right now the, the people that were down in the casino weren't, we were the only ones actually staying in the hotel during this time. The casino was open, but no one was allowed, you know, up in the upper, upper levels, but us, mm-hmm. uh, number two, it was all carpeted. Um, the, it was, you know, your normal kind of threadbare carpeting in the, in the hallways. Uh, and, um, but in the rooms, it was that thicker carpeting and and there was just no, no hardwood anywhere. Uh, and so it was just very strange. Now, again, what was it paranormal? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it was. It's, it was um, that, that there's there's probably a lot more logical explanations than paranormal ones, to be honest. But again, with all the priming, that was fun and it was fun to get it on tape uh, or on, you know, get that get it recorded. I mean, uh, so, I, to yeah. be blunt, it sounds as good as any of the
2: evidence you ever see on those shows.
1: Better. Yeah. It was better.
2: Yeah. It's
0: more it, than ever happened to me in all my years of investigations.
1: <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. But it was, it was better evidence than you, you ever hear on those shows. But so again, I walk out into the hall and this time I pull, make sure the doors pulled closed. I jostle it, make sure it's locked. Now the, these were the ones where you used actual keys to open them. So it wasn't like a card. Yeah. Or oh, or anything. How That's very and, old yeah, fashioned, really old <laughs> fashioned. Um, I actually even took a picture of my, uh, you know, my key with the little thing on it. Um, it says Bullock Hotel. But uh, anyway, so I made sure it was locked. I made sure that I couldn't get it open no matter how I jostled it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I walked away about five feet away. Click. And door opens. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking Must that I'm been sick. being messed with. I, I just I know I'm being messed <laughs> with somehow. And, and which is still a possibility. I mean, they wanted us to find something haunted there. Eh, that's possible. That's,
0: a, that's an interesting thought that it could have been a setup. Yeah.
1: Totally, totally. Um, and I mean, so many things happened uh, while, while we were there that um, it does make you wonder. But a lot of cool. the things were things that you, you really wouldn't know how to fake if you were going to fake it. Um, Matt,
0: I want you to tell us about that resident psychic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, now, of course, in a situation like this, there's going to be a resident psychic and there's going to be uh, somebody dressed, uh, and, and she was in period dress for this, and uh, the, uh, uh, the actor playing Seth Bullock as well was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, me and another team member um, named Mark, we were uh, staying there d- talking with them as they're telling us about all the, you know, things that, that, that she feels, you know, from her amazing sensitivity. And both Mark and I, felt the entire building shake. It felt like a, a tremor, you know, uh, an earthquake. And we're both reaching to grab something to stabilize ourselves. Mm-hmm. Neither the sensitive psychic or the actor playing Seth Bullock noticed at all. They were looking at us like, what's <laughs> Not wrong? Not so sensitive. <laughs> Not so sensitive, it seems. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and it could have been anything. It could have been, uh, you know, a, a Train in the distance. It could have been something mechanical in the building that kicked on or off. It could have been a snow plow because there was some snow, and uh, it's hard to say. But it felt like the whole building just was like there was an earthquake, and it terrified us. And neither of those two felt anything. <laughs> and I thought that was a, a very interesting thing. Um, some some of the other uh, stories there. There's there's two with uh, phantom writing. Uh, on mirrors.
0: Oh, I love One, that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. One there's a mirror at the top of a stairway that is said to be uh original and authentic. And uh the uh the thing is is that when you look at it it just looks like a mirror. But if you get at certain angles and take pictures of it, you'll get a picture of like uh, an anarchy symbol or you'll see um, a Maltese cross, which I always thought was an interesting combination because one's about anarchy and one's about, you know, fascism. So uh, don't really go together. No,
0: no ghostly faces or hands. That's the kind no, of thing I've yeah, often yeah. heard about.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I did stick a big handprint on one of them just to see if anybody else would say anything about it. Uh, <laughs> no, just cleaned it off and moved on. Um, so that was a, a very interesting thing. And then in uh, the mirror in Bully's Bar, um, they sometimes would, you know, people taking photos would capture a picture of this like green sort of in, in midair sort of writing that no one could seem to understand what it was saying. So, we'll, we'll tackle the first one. The, the antique original piece, the mirror, um, was not. And uh, when no one was looking in the middle of the night, I pulled it apart and saw that it was, uh, the, the mirror itself was from Walmart. And <laughs> the backing on it was held on with a long kind of like splashes of glue. And so on these long streaks where they had the glue, it had eaten away from the reflective uh, surface from the mirror. Um, Uh And when you would take a picture of it and that flash would go, you would see where that glue was on the other side. Ah, nice. That's that's why you would see this Maltese cross because it was just, you know, the crisscrossing of the, the, the glue lines. So in Bully's Bar... Um, I I looked at one of these photos that had this, uh, you know, crazy writing in it. And I also realized that, you know, people tend to put their their cameras on the wrong setting if they want to get a picture in low light. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, they put it in portrait mode. So. Basically, uh, this this picture had no flash. And um, it. You know the the light that got into the camera, uh, the, the the shutter didn't close in time. I'll just put it that way. So right. they moved the camera. The shutter was still open, and so you get these kind of streaks. Uh, but what was this glowing green thing? I mean, that doesn't explain that uh, until I turned around and saw the exit sign above the door. Ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Uh, Which is illegible, but glowing in a weird green way. Got
1: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Ectoplasm.
1: Uh, Yes. Ectoplasm. I I, I think I still have a picture of that I can supply as well. Um, (laughs) And uh, and one of the other big things is in Theodore Theodore Roosevelt's room, because he and Seth Bullock were great friends, and he had his own room there. Um, And I think it was either his room or Seth Bullock's room. I can't remember. But the... Uh, the, the, the clock in that room, um, didn't work, but it was like this old, this old clock and it would chime at very weird times and, uh, which didn't make sense because the phone, uh, the, the clock wasn't working. So, you know, again, pulled it apart, saw that most of the innards were out except for the chimes and any kind of jostling would have them go ding.
0: You oh know,
1: wow! Just, uh, practically any jostling, so you'd be walking around the room and mm-hmm. cause the slightest bit of vibration, and ding, it's like ooh, yeah, oh, fuck. that's um,
0: simple though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that simple. Now we had other things like that coffee machine that would start up, did actually start up, um, and uh, you know started spitting out water in the in the middle of the night. Uh, so that was that was a strange one. Um, we had the the thing weird thing with the the balls moving.
0: So you've told us about these strange things that have happened. So, Matt, what actually happened to your balls?
1: Well, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I was asked that question. (laughs) um,
0: You wouldn't have very much, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would have a nickel. Um, Well, that's a great question. Uh, See, uh, you know, uh, first thing I do want to make clear is these are my balls. Uh, these weren't anybody else's balls. I don't think that was uh, that under a dispute, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that I actually brought these balls into the situation. You know, they are my balls. And um, so I want, the, I want the idea that it could have been someone else's balls that I was unfamiliar with.
0: <laughs> Enough. <laughs> or
1: that, uh, you know, m- maybe weren't, you know, perfectly round or something that I wouldn't know Uh, about these balls but these were my balls and I knew them pretty well and uh, I packed them myself for the trip and and here's what I think may have happened now I will say that from examining my balls when putting them in the places I didn't see anything strange about them but if we're going to use Occam's razor and really Mm -hmm. shave down these balls what we have to think about is the fact that they were very compressed when being packed Mm mm-hmm and they had a, a you know, at in least the cold a weather nine, as well in the cold weather, a nine hour trip. And we know how cold weather uh, and being packed tightly can make balls shrink. So they're they're very compressed foam ballistic mm-hmm. balls. And when you pull them out and they're they're kind of free to expand again, they do take a while. You know, it's not something they don't just go poof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and come back to their regular size. Um, they take a while to kind of re-expand, and they may not expand equally all at once, if that makes sense. Sure. So as we had, you know, uh, you know, placing my balls on the chair, <laughs> um, and I just placed one ball on, on uh, the chair. It, uh, you know, was very stubborn I thing, but I finally got it to sit on the chair without moving. Right. And at the same time, over on the bar, uh, they were, you know, like I said, about nine inches apart and, um, and sitting there. So, so what I think may have happened is that it warmed up a few degrees down there, just a few, mm-hmm. and it was enough to make, you know, them expand near the same time. Fine. So the one that was on the bar would have expanded a little bit, but maybe not evenly, so expanded enough to kind of make it roll. Mm -hmm. But then one side that didn't expand as much would have been a little more flat. So it could have rolled right over onto that flat side and stopped suddenly because of that flat edge. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, on the other side of the wall, there was the ball on the chair. Mm -hmm. And if that one just increased in size a little bit during that same time, absolutely it could roll you know uh forward depending on w- w- how it you know sort of increased in size you know the bottom line being you know is it more likely that the place is haunted by somebody who's pushing balls around um <laughs> yeah. you know sad you know, afterlife <laughs> well yeah yeah i don't think the afterlife is playing with my balls i think that <laughs> my balls were just expanding at an uneven rate that's, my well,
0: that's guess. as good a theory as any, and I think better than the idea of a ghost.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, we'll go with that.
0: Matt, I think you've mentioned to me, too, that people uh, claim that they smell perfume in the hotel or they smell cigars. Yes, that kind of thing, and I've heard that claim, those claims a lot myself over the years too.
2: You said it was a casino, right? Yes. Okay, just putting putting it together in my head. See where you're going with yeah, this. Sort of... Yeah, yeah,
0: that <laughs> that's an easy one.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: Old-fashioned perfume,
1: though. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, is you know, it, it is actually hard, especially when you're primed, to identify certain smells. Um, they can really affect you, like uh Karen and I experienced up at the Stanley hotel um where everybody thought they were smelling the cigar smoke, and what it turned out to be is someone had a hot plate in their room and they were making bacon cheeseburgers, Wow, um as you so, do yeah, yeah, so you know uh, sure, there's no smoking in the hotel, but there's also no having a hot plate in your room making cheeseburgers either. But, uh, but that's what the smell was, but people were swearing that it was cigar smoke. Yeah, uh, fits the so, context it was, for them. Yeah. And when we stumbled onto the guy, you know, I mean, he was cool about it. He's like, Oh, you want one? But, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're both unhealthy practices, murder. but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then we, we had another one where uh, people were, uh, uh, taking picture of a doorknob. Because this doorknob had these, like, flashing sort of orb lights that were red, green, and blue when they looked through their camera at it. Ooh. Yeah, no one thinking about the fact that RGB stands for red, green, and blue
2: mm-hmm. uh, when it
1: comes to LCD displays on your camera. But, uh, so, of course, you're not going to see it with your own eyes. And when you look through your camera, you do see it. Yeah, you might kind of consider that there's something going on there. It's but, more of a uh, technological than a spiritual explanation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Deadwood was an amazing trip. It was great, and uh, you know some of the things were disappointing to find out that the you know the show was not accurate on because I really wanted to go to the Gem Theater uh, where uh, Al Swearengen you know uh, would you know would have been in the past the uh, the owner. And it was just nothing like I imagined, and they had no ghost stories either, and I thought for sure that mm. they would. But, uh, um, yeah, we got to investigate several, several buildings there, one of them being Saloon Number 10. Uh, there was an Asian restaurant there that was uh, supposedly haunted and the uh, Bullock Hotel. Um, but it was great uh, being primed like that really and, and secluded, you know, with the town practically being shut down because of this blizzard uh it was it was great fun to uh be in those conditions and let your imagination run wild
0: yep and uh, yeah i think that's uh, such a, a fun thing uh for skeptics and believers alike to to go and do investigations and uh yeah, have some some weird experiences however you're going to look at it i mean for most people they're going to have some kind of paranormal interpretation but it seems like you for the most part came up with natural explanations for everything that happened
1: I, I, I believe we did for most everything, and, and and anything that we couldn't explain, we didn't declare it haunted. Um, Were they you know,
0: disappointed then? Because if they had you coming there for a paranormal investigation, seems like that's what they wanted you to find.
1: Th- this is what it's like when you go to these places. Um, yeah, this this place doesn't seem haunted. Yeah, it seems haunted. No, this it doesn't seem haunted. Yeah, it does seem. It's, yeah, you're right. It is haunted. <laughs> that's kind of what you get. Yeah, hear so. what
0: they want to hear. So you
2: so hear, hear a little bit of motivated reasoning. It sounds like yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, well, you
1: know when we we had reports from the USGS up at the Stanley Hotel saying that there was not large deposits of magnetite and quartz on the the, the property that were causing paranormal activity, uh, but there was some in the dirt. That there was, you know, basically powdered forms of these things in in the, in the dirt to a small extent. Uh, so we said, see, your theory is not correct. Here's what's really going on. Here's the proof. And they ran off saying, see, it is here. Because yeah. it was in the dirt, they drew their own conclusions that were completely yeah. unscientific and incorrect.
2: Well, yeah. I guess one thing I was a little confused about was the haunting effects that you were looking for were these paired up with particular narratives about who was allegedly responsible or were these sort of generic or general purpose ghostly things
0: yeah, yeah. with all both. those famous names yeah
1: there. Yeah. yeah both they're, oh okay both um it's either yeah, so many ghosts there they couldn't tell you you know which ghost was causing it um but often anything in the basement was going to be either Seth or this girl Sarah um and yeah they had smells of uh, like Karen was saying smells of lilac roses and cigar smoke uh, reported throughout the hotel and it is a a, a twenty four hour day casino yeah so eh, okay yeah but uh
0: regular people
1: yeah does anyone yeah. see
0: calamity Jane then uh,
1: I have not heard of any Calamity Jane. And I don't know if it's just, uh, She'd sexist be a really
0: good poltergeist, thing. I think.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Come on. Um, yeah, I personally think it was her who was playing with the balls on the bar. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to, to say, I mean, some people are saying, Oh, this is, you know, Seth Bullock and, Oh, this is the, you know, uh, wild Bill Hickok. And this is, you know, but whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's actually you n- not uh being uh, skeptical enough not not uh, yeah. well, being a little Dead too credulous
0: Wing is a really incredible place and it's on my bucket list i want to get there and check out some of the claims someday how about you blake
2: yeah i you know i've heard of it so many times but i hadn't actually ever really looked at pictures of it it looks like a really nice place to visit when it's not winter <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it's the town is a lot of fun yeah and um if you've seen the, i mean are, are you well acquainted with the show or not no no i just all i know is c- uh, <laughs> that, well that's pretty that's much the it truth. <laughs> that's pretty much it um but the thing is is if you watch the you know the entire series and the movie and everything else you will want to go to deadwood big time um mm-hmm. you know another another uh Personality that was big there, as someone that was also big in Denver, and that is uh, Soapy Smith. And so, I don't know if you've heard of that name before. I have. I don't remember why, but I've definitely <laughs> yeah, heard of Soapy Smith. Yeah, Soapy Smith. He, what he would do is, um, he would basically uh, there, there'd be, you know, Soapy Smith and another guy, and what would happen is he'd be out there selling soap to people, and. You know he had all kinds of scams, but the one that he got his name for was selling the soap. And what he would do is he would uh, basically, like in one piece of soap, have like a five dollar bill inside of it. And then he would you know say, "Oh, you know, uh, you get a prize, you know, when you buy this soap, you know, there's 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 prizes in it and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so and this guy, oh, I'll buy one, and he comes up and buys it, and he there's a five dollar bill in here, and then everybody would swarm soapy smith ah. to buy soap that had nothing in it it wasn't even good soap um and so he he got a name for all these little scams that he would run and uh, yeah he was quite a violent person on top of everything else and was pretty notorious and uh i think we even have a uh, it's a, a a bar or a pub here in denver called soapy smith's mm-hmm. and uh what, yeah it was, what a character yeah he was quite i a was character.
0: waiting for blake to make a joke about lie.
1: <laughs> I was actually surprised
2: he was born in Cheadle County down here in Georgia, so and made it all the way to Alaska
1: before he died. So yeah, uh, that's a that's oh he interesting
0: character. He got, got, he got right, around
1: just about every town that yeah. he, would, he ever went to. Yeah, he got yeah. Uh, he he was only like thirty
2: seven when he died. But man, he traveled everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So
0: interesting people. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Matt, and for telling us about the investigation. And so yeah, now I definitely want to go and visit.
2: And of course, we'll put links to things in the show notes (laughs) and stuff Uh, and there there may be inserts of sounds and things and then uh if you're interested in watching the show deadwood i'll put a link to that in the show as well in the notes
0: great stuff thank you thanks for sharing
1: that man that sounds like a lot of fun yeah
0: that
1: was great it was great and and you know there's so much more even to the story because it was days days long but uh those are some of the highlights days going by
0: monster
1: dog.
2: You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm
0: Karen Stoltzner.
2: You just heard an interview with paranormal investigator Matt Baxter about his work in Deadwood, South Dakota. Check the show notes for lots of links to historical figures from the city, as well as photos from Matt's work. Do you have questions about Matt's investigation? You can reach him by email at matt at Monster Talks, a proud member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network, home of such shows as Subtext, The Projection Booth, and The Daily Meditation Podcast. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. And please share our show on your favorite social media platforms. Monster Talks theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. Thank you for making our show a part of your listening life.